The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside, folks? Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and for the next hour or so, we're going to be talking about gardening. You've tuned in to Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Gestalt Gardener. Our host is a Felder, me. I'm the usual guy here. Uh, and our producers are awesome, Java Chapman. Hope y'all survived uh, Thanksgiving. If you had family, y'all got along pretty well and all like that. But we're going to be talking about gardening and also... Thundergourds. It's that time of year. The Craftsman's Guild uh, of Mississippi is having their, their big to-do in the fairgrounds in Jackson. I think you'd enjoy coming there. We're going to talk a little bit about it, but mostly it's going to be gardening. It's uh, Rain is starting to slack off. It's going to be a pretty weekend. Plenty of stuff to do, but let's just talk about it. Stick with us, folks. After the news, we're going to be here at MPB, and we're going to get muddy. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're talking about gardening. Whew, it rained really good at my place last night, but I noticed that North Mississippi got hammered. Still getting hammered, but uh, those of you down in South Mississippi and in Jackson saw some blue skies just when I walked in the studio a little while ago. So anyway, for the next hour, let's talk about gardening. If you've got some things you want to yak about, it's real easy. It's free no matter where you are. Toll free, one eight seven seven m MPB Ring. MPB, of course, stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Ring, I don't know what the numbers are, but you can remember 877 MPB Ring, and we got the lines wide open. Uh, not much going on this time of year. There's a, a couple of three, a couple of events I want to promote in particular. Uh, some things going on in my little garden, some things I've been doing, getting ready for winter, repotting stuff and, and uh, stealing flowers, um, excuse me, liberating some flowers from people's yards when they weren't looking and, you know, that kind of stuff. The usual things that we diggers do, determined independent gardeners. And uh, so some things that you want to yak about that you could be doing or want to do or you've noticed something kind of weird going on, uh, maybe want to head some stuff off before next year, give us a call. Toll-free, one eight seven seven. MPB ring. Um, two of the things going on this weekend. Tomorrow, Saturday afternoon, there's going to be an, uh, a photography exhibit at Crosby Arboretum. Crosby Arboretum is down at Picayune. It's a really cool place. Got a lot of, still got a lot of fall stuff. Really creepy things. You walk around their their raised beds through uh, pitcher plants and uh, pine savannas and uh, native trees and, and around the beautiful pond that they've created. And of course, the the, the international award winning. Pinecoat Pavilion. Anyway, that's going to be tomorrow afternoon. The photographer is going to be a, a woman named Nadine Phillips, who, ha, who who is a Native Plant Society person, and she has a lot of attention to detail, real close-ups of bugs and flowers and things like that. I think you'd enjoy that. Plus, it's a good outing. So if you're down in South Mississippi, swing by Crosby Arboretum Saturday afternoon. Anytime you're anywhere close to Jackson this weekend, today, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the... Uh, Craftsman Guild of Mississippi is having their annual Chimneyville Festival, and uh, I got a sort of a sneak preview last night uh, when when there when all the uh, craftsmen and artists were setting up their exhibits. I walked around and chatted with a lot of old friends and took a few pictures. And uh, there's some you can actually see if you want to go online about it. But MPB is sponsoring is one of the sponsors of of this thing. There's going to be folks for MPB right down there, and uh, all sorts of educational exhibits going on uh, all three days. It opens at 9, it closes at 7, except on Sunday, I think it closes about 3 or 4, something like that. But anyway, it's at the fairgrounds, the Trademark Center. There's some awfully nice garden stuff there. Big stuff, little stuff, crafty stuff, artist stuff, uh, 
gift stuff, all sorts of things made by the people who are sitting in the booths uh, telling you about it, talking about it, and all. One of my favorites is a, a, a couple who, well, there's several gourd artists down there. They, they carve, they paint, they do incredible thing, things with gourds. But one is they make these, what they call thunder gourds. They have this uh, a membrane on the bottom, like a drum thing, and a, and a, a, a spring hanging up. When you shake it, sound just like thunder and if you if you tap it I just love this thing you can't get in my cabin without bumping into it it really irritates a lot of people but that's the way it goes uh, anyway some other things and if you'd like to see some examples of this uh, some of the stuff that I've gotten over the years from Craftsman uh, Mississippi uh, that are in my garden you can go to my web uh, site, excuse me my blog it's Felder Rushing blog and click on that right at the top I have a thing about my truck that's been painted by several different artists including on a feather um, really really funny stuff uh, really cool detail stuff but also down at the bottom I've got pictures of my gar- some of the garden art in my garden done by real craftsmen from this part of the country I think you might enjoy that uh, if you like it click on like if you want to do a comment, give me a comment. But uh, mostly, just go to Felder Rushing Blog. I won't say anything, I promise. And just click on, go to my blog, and it's right there. It's got all sorts of fun stuff made by craftsmen of Mississippi that I have in my garden. Glass, wood, metal, uh, all sorts of stuff. I think, if nothing else, it'll sort of give you a little bit of, of a cheer first thing in the morning. Uh, a couple of other things, but before we do that, let's start doing what we do best, and that's yak about gardening. Going to go to Aberdeen and talk with uh, Ernie. Hey, Ernie, good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? So far, so good. What's up? Well, I moved down to the south from Iowa about two years ago. You sound like I... you've been here a long time, Ernie. Excuse me, but you don't sound like you've been Iowa for very long. Oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> I, that's where I grow. That's where I grow grew up at. Growed up, okay. Anyway, anyway <laughs> I do uh, part time landscaping uh-huh. on the side to make a little money. And this time of the year is when I normally stop uh, doing planting and redoing flower beds and stuff because I thought uh, that the cool soil temperatures combined with the wet weather. The plants would not really thrive. They may just sit there and get root rot. Uh-huh. Uh, I am I correct in that, or can you continue to plant through the winter? Oh, you could plant through the winter. Uh, no matter of fact, uh, late fall and winter is the best time to set out trees and shrubs because down here in the south, our soil stays warm and roots will actually continue to grow even though the top is dormant. But not only that, the, our, the rains we get over the winter time uh, and the early spring will settle the dirt around. Uh, around roots and all, so the plants will be better established. So those set out in the fall or winter uh, take a whole lot less care, maybe not any care at all, the first summer because they're already established, they're, you know, all like that. So if you, the the, the big uh, challenge here, Ernie, is finding a time when the dirt's not too muddy to dig. So, but yeah. if you, if you yeah, can do a pretty good job, yeah, if you can do a pretty good job of soil prep, and and really important when you pull plants out of the pot, loosen up the potting soil on the roots, stir that potting soil in the dirt, but be sure to to really loosen the roots up, and then plant them, water them in real good, and they're basically done. They'll continue to grow roots right through the winter time. Uh, trees, shrubs, things like that, perennials even, but just not winter oh. annuals. Okay, well, that's a tremendous help to me. I really do appreciate it. It, it does. I have, I have just basically stopped right now. But since I know that, uh, I will continue then because I have some other customers that want their beds redone and plants put in and things like that. Yeah, your your biggest problem is, uh, is going to be tracking mud back in the house when you get home. <laughs> no, I won't have a problem with that. My wife will have a broom handy. So I Listen, won't have a problem with that. <laughs> one, one other thing, Ernie. Here, here in the South, because we have uh, really some real warm spells and bright, uh, windy weather in the winter time, 
it's really important to keep the soil from drying out. So as soon as you get through planting stuff, and again, be sure to loosen up the roots of pot, potted, uh, pot-grown plants. But as soon as you get done, put a couple of three inches of bark mulch on top. Now you can use pine straw, but bark mulch settles in quicker. It pours out like cornflakes, and as it decomposes, it'll feed the soil. But that'll protect the soil. It'll keep the temperatures uh, pretty even over the wintertime. So just an uh, inch or two of bark. Well, I, I do do that, uh, actually, and around the plants, I go considerably deeper. That way I do not have uh, weeds coming back. Yeah. Do, do, it, uh, do, it, do it in a ring, though. Not a, uh, have you, you've been here long enough to know what fire ant mounds are. Yes, I so, do. Yeah, so, 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 so do a, a ring around it rather than a pile up on the plants. You know, no, no, leave oh, the, yes. Because we have voles. Uh, and other critters that'll stay down in that warm mulch, and they'll just out of boredom, they'll chew on the bark of trunks. So, so pull it back from the from the trunks a little bit. Anyway, you're good yeah. to go. You you do not get a pass from me. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that. Thank okay, you very much. hey, I want to ask you this: Did your wife put you up to calling me saying she's tired? Of, she she wants you to get back out of the house. Well, not exactly. <laughs> Actually, I had a part time job, and I just retired today. But what? I live on four acres, and it needs work done. And I've been just busy doing all kinds of other things, and I'm telling her, be patient, honey. Well, don't get to our yard. Con- well, now it's time. Congratulations on retiring, and uh, you get a pass from me. You don't have to do nothing this whole weekend, Ernie. <laughs> I'm going to tell her that, sir. Thank you very much. You bet. Hey, welcome to the South. See ya. All righty, Ernie moved to the south. He's already got retired and already he's got a honeydew list. Anyway, let's go up to Oxford and talk with Anna. Hey, Anna, good morning. Hi, how are you? So far, uh, so good. <laughs> uh, I was just walking in the park in the rain, and um, I noticed there's a pine tree which has bark stripped off it, about an inch and a half wide, and it's, I would have thought deer, but it goes at least 20 feet up. Okay. Just a strip? Just uh, several strips. Yeah, that's that, lightning. That's just plain old ordinary garden variety lightning. Well, yeah, but it's not black. Doesn't have to be. Because it, it goes it's around the whole trunk. Oh, like, there must be about ooh, seven or eight strips. But but they're going some up low, some high. But they're going up and down though, right? They're going up. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's that's lightning. Well it just seems so strange because normally you'd expect um, you know, burn marks or something? Nope, not me. But, you know, lightning can strike people without without hurting them. It oh. can it can go down the outside of a tree without doing any damage at all. It can blow a tree wide open and blow off parts of strips, or it can kill a tree without leaving a mark on it. It depends on the the uh, the strength of the bolt and and the moisture uh-huh. content of the tree and stuff like that. Yeah. But trees get struck by lightning all the time without getting damaged at all or killed without a mark. But yeah. if it's got streaks up and down it, uh, that's lightning. Well, the, um, as I said, I, it looked like it might have been deer uh, uh, honing their antlers, but uh, when it goes up 20 feet, I, and it's so strange because it's so circular, you know, maybe eight inches apart all the way around the trunk. But but they're going up and down. The streak's going up and down the tree. Yeah. That's yeah. lightning. Yeah. That's and, lightning. And it's orange underneath. It's a pine tree, so it's orange underneath the bark. Yeah. Now, there is a, there is a disease. It's, it's called rust. That makes it orange stuff, but usually you don't you only see it in the springtime. Uh-huh. So uh, anyway, uh, it, um, it, I'm wondering if they're off the ground that much. I wonder if it's uh, Father Christmas reindeer, maybe on their way to the ground. <laughs> yeah, that that would be a point. <laughs> hey, if, just... you, if you get a chance, take a picture of it and send it to me because you know it could be other stuff too. But yeah, uh, I'm, uh, well, I'm going to ask the, the master gardeners. Um, oh, don't ask him. Send me a picture. <laughs> I'll see what I can do because I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> okay, well, get a master going to take a, fe- a cell phone and send it to me. Okay. <laughs> They're good we'll folks. Do. Hey, uh, cheers, Anna. Same. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Now let's go to, uh, I can't tell where this is. Fafondra, Joanna. Jo- is it Johanna? Jo- Joanna? Johanna. Johanna. Hey, what's going on in my neighborhood? On your neighborhood, I've got two questions. Um, first of all, in Waynesboro, I would like to plant wildflowers. I've been wanting to do this for years, like a meadow. But on the place I want to plant it, there's like, I think it's centipede. Do I need to kill the grass first, or can I kill the grass and put the seeds down at the same time? Well, you want to convert the whole thing to a meadow? A big patch of it. I just feel like that would be better than all this grass and trying to keep this mode. I like something butterfly, wildlife-friendly. 
Okay, now you know in Wayne County, people are going to talk about you like you're just not mowing your grass. I don't care. <laughs> I just so don't care. Well, listen, here, here's the thing to do. Uh, is, this, is this in Waynesboro? It's, no, it's really out in the country. Okay. It's, it's, it's still, there's a couple of real simple tricks. I'll answer your question in just a second, but let me give you a couple of tips. First of all, if you'll do it in a almost like a pattern, like like streaks or curves or, you know, not blocks, but if you do solid wildflowers, they don't really stand out. It looks like you just didn't mow your grass any. But if you'll do what they do in a lot of botanic gardens, particularly in, in Europe, is they'll have they'll they'll mow a path. They'll leave a mowing path that's maybe two mowers width and put a bench out there or a birdhouse or you know, a little obelisk or something out there that catches your eye and, and, and they mow around it and to it. Uh, that way, you know, all summer long, you have it. It looks like you're doing it on purpose, and you'll actually get out there and sit in there and enjoy the butterflies and the birds and stuff like that. So, so create a sitting spot or 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 a place and leave a mowing strip to it. Okay, okay, like that, a designation spot. Exactly, exactly. It could be curved. You could, you know, you could do an elaborate. You know, you could have several out there, but but uh, have one or two or three obvious mowing paths leading to a place where you want to go. Okay. And that way, no matter how bad it looks part of the year, it'll still look like you're doing it on purpose. All right. Okay. And then the second thing, put you a couple of sections of plain, old-fashioned split-rail fence, little short section, two or three sections here and there, that you can plant some small native trees like sumac or hollies or something like that, almost creating a park-like effect. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah. It, and it could be anything. Stuff you pull up along the roadsides, you know, just you know, sumac is a great one. And that's where you put your taller things, perennials like a fall goldenrod and the the, the uh, narrow-leaf sunflowers. And in other words, create little, little what I call beauty spots with a, a naturalistic hard feature. Split rail fence is the easiest thing to go with because they're instant. start with like the trees and the goldenrods and come down the smaller stuff and then have the bench and stuff and the mode in the front of it. Yeah, or, 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 you know, if it's a big enough area, put your sitting area, you know, out in the middle or to one side or towards the back or something, and just have these here and there, just sort of scattered. Uh, you know, have you ever watched where people do a horse jumping? You know, they run around in circles and jump over stuff? Yeah. That effect. And that's where you put your permanent stuff. Then when it comes to the wildflowers, if you'll simply stop mowing the grass, mow the, 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 uh, uh, the, the walking areas, the perimeter areas, but just simply stop mowing the grass, and it will look like a meadow the first year. But what you do all this fall is find little pockets here and there, pull the grass back where the dirt is exposed, and put you a few wildflowers just here and there uh, along your path. And what will happen, they'll grow this first year, and they'll look like little bouquets out there. And then next year, they will throw seeds everywhere. Should I not? The, the people that sell the seeds, they sell like an herbicide just for grass. And I didn't know if I, if I really needed to do that or not. My first inclination was no. I thought wildflowers bloom without people meddling with them. Well, yeah, but, but, then but I thought maybe I should. But the wildflowers don't have to go down through a thick layer of centipede grass either. You know, that's that's the you know that's not that's not natural. Uh, the weed killer that they use it just kill grasses. It yeah. it, it is it, it is fine. It's not going to cause any problems in the environment. But it only works when the grasses are actively growing. So we're okay. talking about next okay. April or May. You know, right. it's not going to do any good. So for for right now, if you'll just. Uh, rake up or till up or just hoe, just get a little, just open up to where you can see dirt. Yeah. In a few places here and there, throw some wildflower seed and need to get on it because wildflowers have already started sprouting. I know. I'm behind. I've been meaning to call you for three weeks and I've got tangled up. Well, here, here's something else. When you go down the co-op, I don't know if they've got a co-op. I know they got a place there on the highway, one of the highways there in Waynesboro because i got a daughter-in-law from, from Waynesboro. Yeah. But anyway, go there and get some seeds of crimson clover. And, and put a put a lot of crimson clover here and there. Again, as long as the seeds touching the dirt, it'll come up. But crimson clover is cheap. It's pretty. It gives instant gratification. And um, and then take it. And as far as the wildflower seed mixes, have you already got your seeds? I've got some. And the other thing I ask you: How long can you keep them? I was going to order some fresh ones. I was afraid that maybe they were too old. I've got um, evening prim, showy primrose uh-huh. and some of the. 
Yeah, I tell you, when it comes to those details, shoot me an email. I actually wrote the publication uh, that the Extension Service has on wildflowers from Mississippi meadows and lawns. I wrote that wow. publication, and you can get that online. Go to to msucares.com, and just in the in the 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 little search thing for publication, do wildflowers, and you'll come up with a publication on the best way to get them started, some of the best varieties and stuff like that. And it's free. Cool, cool. Good deal, good deal. I'll do that. And like I said, I've been thinking about this for years, and I put some out there earlier. Yeah. It hit and miss and hoping they'd come up, but I thought well, I really ought to do it more deliberately. The, the, so. the, the three things, the three takeaway things, put some hard features out there over the wintertime. That'll, that, that'll get you started. That'll be your footprint. There'll be you know, a little sitting area or a group of birdhouses here and there, split rail fence. Do that. And then all next summer, just mow a nice little windy path around those things mm-hmm. and just stop mowing the rest of the grass. That, that's the, Those are the first two things. And the third thing is don't get wildfire mixes. Get a few individual things that are really dependable and then just get a few started in bare spots here and there, and they'll take it from there. Okay. Let me ask you one other question. I got this is for Fonder where, where we're living now. I got this really nice big pot from Green Oaks Nursery. You know when they put their pots on sale, right? And I've got I'm going to move it and put it behind a bench. I could I thought I could either put rosemary in it or somebody brought me this little bitty sasanqua that makes these white fluffy flowers. Yeah. And I thought about putting the sasanqua in it, and I wasn't sure if that might be a good move or not. Uh, the sasanqua is not going to do anything. What you buy right now, that's all you got till next year because it's just not going to grow over the winter time. Uh, put a rosemary in there, stick uh, half a dozen little little daffodil bulbs a little bit deeper, and put you some violas or pansies in it just to get through the wintertime. And by springtime, you'll have made your mind up about something else. Okay. And if you, if you want a permanent-looking plant, really good-looking plant, get you one of the, uh, one of the dwarf type of nandinas. They look great in pots in the wintertime. Don't need any, any protection or anything. But I'm thinking nandina, clump of monkey grass, a couple of three pansies, a handful of daffodils. You're ready to go. Yeah, see, I just didn't want something that overwhelmed the pot. That's what I was afraid of. It's root system. It get too big, and no. there I'd be have this mess. Can, can you put your arms around the pot? Uh, almost. It's a pretty big. It's about two and a half feet tall and about yeah. the same across. Well, I was going to say, you know, a dwarf dandina, clump of striped monkey grass, some daffodils, and a couple of pansies. You're ready to go. All right, now, I've already got the pansies. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Felder. All righty, see you later. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Oh, Java. We got some calls right off the bat, didn't we? <laughs> I was telling Kevin we're uh, in rare form, blowing through breaks and everything. Oh, we, that's right. We skipped a break. Oh, yeah, oh, we did. <laughs> oh, we could do the we could do the, the, the tune thing now or just take a short break? You take t- a short break. Okay. We'll be right back, folks. Me and Java and Kevin Farrell in there. Kevin is our phone greeter today, Mr. Big Wig at MPB, doing a phone greeting for us. That's because it's a team effort. That's what we do here. And by the way, a lot of folks from MPB going to be down at the trademark today tomorrow and Sunday at the uh, Chimneyville uh, Craftsman's Guild thing. They've got some fun stuff for the yard, including the smallest bottle tree I've ever seen in my life. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. We'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on MPB right after this. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Uh, we were off last week because of Thanksgiving, but the week before, I interviewed my old friend Pat Stone. I want to remind you, if you're not familiar with his magazine called Green Prints, Green Print, the Weeder's Digest, uh, make a note to go online. Go to greenprints.com, greenprints.com. Uh, anyway, it's a whole lot of fun. 
Um, there's a whole lot of interesting things that, that you can be doing in the garden right now. Uh, like I talked to, to Ernie, uh, my first caller, who just moved to the south. You can plant stuff right through the wintertime, and I actually set out a bunch of stuff this past week. Uh, got a few more bulbs to stick in the ground. Got a couple of a uh, handful of annuals that i got to put in the back of my truck garden. But if you want to see something kind of fun, uh, go to my blog. I've got to just put a post up about um, – some people who have different different artists who have painted my truck, including on a feather, and it's just astounding uh, what's done. And at the bottom, I've got some shots from my own little garden about some of the the, the yard art uh, that is not homemade by me, but it's homemade by real artists and and craftspeople. Uh, some fun stuff from birdhouses, funky birdhouses to uh, uh, I've got different kinds of glass objects. I've got well, just all all sorts of stuff. Check it out, Felder Rushing blog. Uh, just Google Felder blog and I come up like a bad gas. Uh, anyway, it's a it's a uh, I spent this past weekend uh this past week redoing a lot of my potted plants. When I threw them in the the uh shack of a couple of weeks ago, right before that freeze, they had leaves on them. They had lizards in them. They had, oh, it was just terrible. So I took them all outside, pulled them out of the pots, laid them out so I could look at them, got me some new pots, filled them with potting soil, and I just put the back the ones that I really wanted to keep. I've got some to, to share with others, someone on the compost because I just had too many of them. But I feel so much better because I've got new pots, fresh potting soil, all my old plants, including one I've had for over 40 years, a type of mother-in-law tongue, and a one for my grandmother, an old, what they call, devil's backbone. It's not a cactus, but it's got milky sap on Anyway, took these plants, and the whole place looks a whole lot better. And there's a few other things you can be doing this time of year if you're interested. You can give me a call, and we can talk about it, but um, I wanted to, to ask uh, Java something. <laughs> because <laughs> we, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot here because, you know, every, we all you had Thanksgiving with the family, right? Yeah, it's all it's all family, man. She's probably listening. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. Auntie, she brought something that wasn't traditional. Yeah, it wasn't traditional, but, and I will say. Yeah, okay, it, cover, cover, your, cover your rear here. <laughs> Come on, Java. No, I, and I told her this. It was a cranberry, it was a cranberry mold. And I don't know how other people feel about it, but I am a cranberry sauce guy straight out the can. I need, <laughs> I want, I want the ridges uh, on my cranberry sauce. You want the real thing straight out of the can? Looks like got, still got the old can ridges on it. That's what I like. But she brought, she brought this thing kind of with fresh cranberries, and then it had apples with a hint of orange, and you know some recipe that she got in there. Was, was it was it Jello? It wasn't as much jello as you would think, but it was in the mold. Like a bunt, bunt mold the, thing. Uh, in the bunt mold. And uh, it was really good. It was sweet, but too sweet to mix with my dressing. Like it was almost kind of dessert style. Yeah. But anyway, so Auntie was, uh, you know, she was a lightning rod this year. Yeah. she. <laughs> nobody knew what was going on in that bunt uh cake uh pan until she pulled it out. So it yeah. was like, wow. We went to my son's and he, he had done a gumbo. For Thanksgiving, I said, "Oh no!" It, I had that same reaction where that guy from Ole Miss acted like he was, you know, doing a thing in the end zone. Oh wow, yeah! But somebody <laughs> pulled out some smoked turkey and, and managed to to pull it all out. Okay, well, but you know, th- Thanksgiving is for 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 stuff like this too. <laughs> anyway, folks, if you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, we got the lines wide open. I tell you what, why don't we? I, I, you know, because it was raining, I thought it was hailing. Went outside, all my newly potted plants. Uh, I, I, I ran outside and it was just rainy and cold. And I came up with a tune. I thought that'd be nice. Oh, by the way, before we do that, <clears throat> yesterday I went out and I stole some flowers. And I know she can't hear me because she's overseas right now. Well, there's a lady in a couple of neighborhoods over who has all these really interesting type of chrysanthemums. You know the one called Clara Curtis or Country Girls. It's a it's a spreading floppy type of thing. Always blooms in October, November, in bloom right now. Big old pink thing. It will not die. It'll grow in cemeteries. Anyway, I found a whole bunch of different kinds of this. And to be honest, this lady told me a couple of years ago that she'd be glad to share with me. Well, they were in bloom yesterday, so I could see what they were. And I got just a few pieces here and there of each one and left the rest of them for her. But anyway, if you want to see uh, uh, some of these varieties of hardy 
heirloom garden mums, not these old cushion things you get at the garden center, the kind that will be there for decades. Uh, we're going to uh, post that on our blog as soon as we get off the air. But anyway, let's do a real quick little uh, 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 tune, a little cheesy th- thing that will sort of brighten you up. And we're going to go with the tune right now. I'm horticulturist here at Felder Rushing here at MPB. <laughs> I need some coffee. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Field of Rushing. You want to give us a call? We've got the lines wide open. It's uh, toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Glad to chat with you about whatever's going on in uh, in your garden. Uh, and uh, Anyway, give us a call. Meanwhile, I want to mention that, uh, again, that I started a collection of these heirloom garden mums. They're not the regular chrysanthemums, they're not florist mums, they're not cushion mums. They're an old, there's an heirloom variety. The plants kind of flop, uh, but they bloom in October, November, December. Astoundingly durable plants. Uh, and if you want to make them thicker, all you got to do is in the springtime, just the new growth, just just snip it back and it'll bush out. And if you want to come back in the middle of summer and snip the new growth after that, it'll keep them from being long and floppy and sprawly and you'll have a lot more flowers. And they come in colors. I mean, I've got, I've, I've got, uh, and, and matter of fact, if anybody's got any you'd like to share besides the country girls, that'd be great. Uh, but anyway, I've got all sorts of, uh, I got deep red, double singles, yellow, little maroon buttons. I got uh, orange ones, white ones, uh, deep pink ones, all different kinds. And I'm getting these in the hands. I'm collecting them, put them in my garden, growing them out, going to give them to a wholesale grower next year, see if we can't get some of these on the market. There are mums besides country girls or Clara Curtis out there. And uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm mining your gardens for heirlooms that will be great plants for the future. Uh, Meanwhile, let's go up to, uh, to, I can't, I'm going to say Bobby and Brandon. Hey, Bobby, how are you? Hey, Ralph Felder, how you doing? So far, they they keep they, they have all these messages for me right at my bifocal line. <laughs> what, what you got going on? Um, I was wondering about uh, fig trees. How you propagate them? I mean, do you do it from cuttings? Or? Yeah, yeah. You take a cutting about a foot long and cut, cut it off and stick it about third of the way, half the way in the dirt or in some pots, and they'll root like ringing a bell. Hormone on that or just... No. Figs have been grown for thousands of years by people who didn't know what rooting hormones were. They just break them, cut them off, stick them right in the ground. And, okay. uh, you know, if you want to uh, stick two or three in a pot, that way, if you don't have good luck, at least one of them will make it. But, uh, you know, this is a good time. You can do it uh, anytime in the fall, the winter. Uh, you can even do it in the summertime, but right now is a good time. Now, you speak of the long term, the, uh, 
they've been in the family for like a hundred years. Oh, it, where is it? Is it in uh, in Mississippi? Yeah, I, I have some here. I'm from Boston, of course. Um, I have some here in Brandon, and they all come from Homewood, just outside of Forest. Okay, well, I tell you what, uh, make a note to shoot me an email. I've got a couple of people who who uh, who do this kind of stuff. I'll, I mean, I root them myself, but uh, you know, but let's 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 put two or three of us together to make sure we get at least one of them for you. And uh, if it roots really well, I might want to keep one myself. I'm with you on that. What's your email? Uh, garden at mpbonline.org. Fantastic. And, and, and I want the I want the history of it too. This this is you know this is what makes a community here. Okay, well, I, I want a piece of that too. And does it make good figs? Oh, fantastic! Wait a second. Where where'd you say you're from? Austin. Austin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Yankee. Uh, uh, no, Crazy. did you say Austin or Boston? Boston. Boston. Elder. <laughs> what do you know about figs? You're you're from che- you're from from cherry and cranberry country. Let's get together. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do some cultural uh, some cross cultural stuff with that fig tree. Sounds fantastic. Okay, Bobby. Thanks, man. Take care. Okay, now let's go to Madison. Talk with John. Hey, John. Good morning, sir. I'm good. How are you? Fine. What's up? Um, I've got a new or a rejuvenated retention pond out behind my house, and uh, it's bare ground right now. I think they seeded it with some kind of maybe winter rye or something, but mm-hmm. I was wondering what else I might could put there. And also, if I could plant... I see uh, cypress trees down, and how do I? How would I go about that? Yeah, and, and by the way, I think a cypress tree is a pro- appropriate, especially put it right at the water's edge. It makes the pond look better without boogering up the the levee and all. You don't you don't want to put anything on the levee itself because the roots can can you know can right. booger up the levee. But uh, but I'll put you uh, rather than one cypress tree, put is it a pretty good sized pond? Uh, half an acre. Yeah. Instead of one tree, I'd plant maybe three of them about 15 feet apart, 10 or 15 feet apart. They'll look better from a, from a distance. And uh, all you got to do is get you some small cypress trees, anywhere from knee high to head high, and uh, pull them out of the pot, loosen the roots up, and, and just stick them in the, the dirt right at the uh, right above the water's edge. And if you do that over the wintertime, they'll be... You'll never have to do another thing to them, but uh, a group of them, a few feet apart, is going to look better and uh, be less likely than the one you put out there to get hit by lightning or something. Okay. And what about the? Is there something I can put better than that winter rye? Well, what about the crimson clover? The crimson crimson clover would do well. I, I like crimson clover uh, better because it's it's got more leaves, and you know you you know you need to do something that's going to slow the rainfall down before it hits the ground. And uh, the rye grass is, you know, it, it can, you know, over the wintertime, if it's not well established, uh, rain and, and, and all like that can eat right through it. But it gets a little bit late, you know. Usually this stuff is put out in October, early November. So we run the risk of before it, uh, just when it sprouts a hard freeze kill it. But I throw some crim- uh, crimson clover, white clover if they don't have it, and, um, and I'd, I'd do it this weekend if you could. Okay. Do you think I can get cypress trees around here? Or do I have to get? Them oh yeah, them? yeah. I've I've seen them at several garden centers. Uh, uh, I I can give you the names of some, but I don't want to do it over the air because this thing goes all over the country. But uh, okay. but there's some. But keep in mind, a small one, uh, knee high, waist high, head high, is always better than a bigger one. It, they'll get established. They're cheaper too. But I know a couple of places. But again, a group three or four or five. And while you're at it, see if in between them you could put a palm and a palm. Okay. You know the what the palm? It's a it's not a palm tree. It's a native palm, and you cl- typically see palmettos and cypress growing together. So it's a you know it has great big leaves, but never gets more than about oh waist high, yeah, head chest high, something like that. It's yeah, a great idea. Great combination too. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. Appreciate okay. It. Hey, uh, shoot me an email, and and I'll put you in touch with some folks I know got some cypress trees. Okay. Thanks. Okay, John. See ya. Bye. Uh, toll-free one eight seven seven mpb ring I want to remind folks, MPB is uh, one of the sponsors of the, the uh, uh, Craftsman's Guild, their annual Chimneyville event that's at the fairgrounds. And I didn't know that till this morning. I was going to talk about Java. You told me that this morning. You know, I didn't know MPB was sponsoring it. 
Well, a lot of our communications team is down there, so you know it's a it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw the tent, and I'm thinking, okay, they're gonna be giving out buttons and T-shirts and stuff. But it's fun anyway. If you're down there, look for one guy in particular has bottle trees, including the smallest bottle tree I've ever seen, except for the one I made with buttons for the back of my little pickup truck. Kevin Farrell has one on his desk. It's about oh four, five, six inches tall with tiny little bottles, and I'm thinking. Uh, because one of our uh, one of uh, we, we just lost a staff member. He moved back home to Wisconsin, and uh, he he had to leave his real bottle tree behind. I'm thinking about slipping one of those in a box to him. Anyway, little bitty bottle trees, gourds, uh, arts and crafts, outdoor stuff. Interesting, interesting. Big, medium, and small things. I uh, said the uh, the trademark fairgrounds. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'll probably see you there because I whacked around it myself. Meanwhile, let's go down to Mobile and talk with a lady I haven't heard from in a long time. How are you, Mikey? Hey, I've been missing you too, Felder, a whole bunch. Glad to have you back in the Mississippi area. Oh, I, I, I've been here for months and months and months. I know, but okay. I still miss you. Well, you know? <laughs> I appreciate that. What you got going on today? Uh, I've been doing more killing stuff uh, than uh, than trying to get stuff to grow, but my question is about the one that I'm trying to get to grow. I was given uh, about a year ago um, what I was told was a terrestrial orchid. Now, I've grown the other orchids, but I've never grown a terrestrial, and I don't know what to do with it. It's in a pot, It's uh, but the potting soil is compacted so much that it obviously needs it needs to you know, at least have some more put underneath it. And someone advised me that because it's got such long roots, it's a, it kind of looks like a bamboo, um, and, but it's got really long trailing roots. And someone told me that since it's about mm, 15 inches tall now, that I, could, I should maybe divide it. So can you help me? Well, not without knowing what kind it is. There's a lot of ter- we have a lot of native terrestrial orchids, you know, that they grow they grow in Alabama and Mississippi, but uh, you know, there are also some from from overseas and you know, without knowing which one it was, if you could send me a picture of it, at least I could, you know, make some sort of recommendation. But uh, if you wanted to repot it, don't just pull, you know, you, you need to go ahead and gently loosen up the the old potting soil and almost like replace it. Don't just put some stuff on top or beneath it because that's 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 all it'll grow. In other words, you need to mix it in with the roots. Uh, uh, and when you pull it out, you should be able to find out. Should be pretty obvious, Mikey, if it's uh, individual plants with roots that can be popped apart. It'll sort of tell you if it can be divided or not. But because okay. you'll have you know two or three or more different plants, and each one will have uh, its own roots. Just pop them apart like you would monkey grass, I guess. Well, one of the three branches, I'll call them for lack of a better better word, um, uh, has been obviously clipped back in the past. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, without knowing what it is, without seeing a picture, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at my end. <laughs> okay, well, I, is it winter hardy, do you think? I don't know. Okay. Don't don't know. I I don't. You know, there's there's thou, orchids are one of the largest families on earth, and a lot of them are terrestrial. But without seeing it. You know, and it might not actually might not even be an orchid. There are a lot of plants that are called orchids that aren't. I know, and no labels came with it. Just here it is. Well, you know, shoot, it's in a red it, pot. <laughs> if you shoot me a picture, we can take it from there. Thank you so much, Felder. Okay, Mike, you stay. Holiday. Appreciate it. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, uh, you know, there's all sorts of ways I can shrug my shoulders, but I'm just saying, uh, here here's what it sounds like. That's what a shoulder shrug sounds like. <laughs> but garden at mpbonline.org puts us in a, on a different plane of learning. <laughs> oh, we toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Meanwhile, remember the Craftsman Guild. And if you see the, if you see the, the, the gourd, thunder gourd guy, tell him you heard it on MPB.
contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing. I just went to my own blog, Felder Rushing blog, and I see pictures of artist-made gates, ceramic flowers, thunder gourds, bottle trees, glass things, little human sculptures, birdhouses, and more, including a, uh, a bat that's made out of a, a, a copper toilet tank float. Anyway, you want to see some of that, go to M- go to uh, Feller Rushing blog. I won't say anything. And uh, also you can see where Wyatt Waters and uh, Elaine Mazel, who paints on uh, feathers, and my own daughter Zoe have painted pictures of my old truck with a garden in the back. Hey, let's uh, talk with Angela. She's calling from Meridian. Hey, Angela. Is it Angie? Is it Angie? How do you say it? Angela. Angela. Okay. Because yeah. Kevin put an extra E in there and it threw me off. Oh. <laughs> What's up? Well, I had heard you um, at the Max, and you had talked about forcing paper whites in the alcohol water mixture. Uh-huh. And I went to the Van Zyverden bulb sale and got a ton of Amerilis bulbs, and I was just wondering if that would also work I with don't... an Amerilis. I don't know, uh, because uh, the the ones that force be- best are the ones that don't need any kind of cold treatment. You know, a lot of daffodils have to go through a certain cold spell before they bloom right. And right. Uh, the, the paper whites, which are called tazettas, T-A-Z-E-T-T-A, if it's a type of tazetta, that whole group of daffodils, they bloom early and fast. And they're the ones that are most often uh, 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 forced in, in water or gravel or whatever. So I, I don't know. So, okay, so I need to do one in water and one without and, and send you the results? <laughs> oh, better yet. You haven't started yet, right? <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay, shoot me an email and then uh, with the name of the bulb, and, and I can I can scratch my head quicker than you can. Okay, because uh, I guess they were wanting to get rid of them. I made my selection, and then they tossed them in my cart after yeah. I paid. And so I'm like, oh, I can play around with these. Yeah, if if they're Tazettas, if there's Narcissus Tazettas, a lot of different kinds. Paper mm-hmm. Whites is a common name for a lot of Tazettas. They all do right. pretty well in, in, in water and, or, yeah, or the alcohol was, thing. Yeah, but I was wondering if it would also work with the Amerilis. I don't know. I don't oh, know. you don't know? No. Okay. I got I got to scratch my head, and I ain't got enough time this morning. But I can do it as soon as I get home. Shoot me an email. Okay, I will. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be back at the Max uh, in in uh, in April, I think. April. We're going to do a thing. Uh, it's going to be fun. Okay, great. I look forward to it. See you, lady. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, let's slide down to Fairhope, Alabama. Hey, Cynthia, good morning. Hey, Felder. Good morning. What's up? Um, I've got um, some beds in front of my front porch with um, agapanthus, the beautiful deep blue kind that uh-huh. get kind of big. Right. And they're just cramming themselves together. They're not even spreading towards open ground. They're spreading yeah. towards the corner. They're, they're huddling against the, the cold. <laughs> right, where they where the, the stairs meet the, the porch. Uh-huh. And I need to divide them, but they're so tightly packed, I don't even see where to get a spade in there. To, and I wonder if you can give me some of that. Yeah, how, how big around is the clump? Oh, let's see, um, three by four, maybe. Oh, that's a big one. Uh, you, uh, what I would suggest is just dig in, and yeah, you're going to kill some plants. You can chop through a few, but you got enough to spare, okay? They sort of expect it. They've been huddling together expecting this to happen. Okay. So just, you just and uh, if you got a, if you, if you shovel, if you don't have a flat bladed file to sharpen it, take it to an Ace Hardware. They always they'll okay. sharpen it for you for like a dollar. Anyway, it just slices right through it nice and clean. You won't hurt yourself and it'll make a cleaner cut. So just dig in. That's all you can do. You know, okay. if you could dig the whole clump up, set it aside, pull them apart, put a few back in, but I wouldn't right. wish that on anybody. I've done that before. It's the best, but it's not any fun. Well, so all you all you do is just I just like di- yeah well you know have at it but a sharp shovel makes uh, yeah a hundred percent two hundred percent difference. And would they do okay in pots? Like if I could 
pull one apart and they, they, they do fine. They do fine. Uh, they don't like really lightweight potting soil because these plants, believe it or not, they like to stay a little on the moist side. They'll tolerate drought. I've seen them growing in the, in the, uh, the parking lot strips in the Mojave Desert. They'll take heat and drought, but if you put it in a pot, they're likely to dry out a week or two sometime in the summer, and that'll right. cause them problems. So make sure it's a pretty good potting soil. Okay, great. Okay, well, thank you. Okay, Cynthia, good luck, and uh, sharpen okay. that blade. Yeah, okay. Thanks. See ya. Okay, now let's go to Gulfport. Lester, caller from the coast. Yeah. What's, what's up? Yes, uh, can you hear me? Sure. Okay, good. Look, uh, I'm, I, I got a mango uh, tree that I'm, I'm growing. I, I grew it from a, from a seed, and mm-hmm. it's about three foot tall now. Is there anything I need to do to make sure this tree grow up and bear fruit i mean does it need pruning or anything like that or well, have you you got this in a pot or what yes in a pot okay yeah you're gonna need to you, you you're gonna need to to keep it in the pot because it'll freeze even on the gulf coast if you leave yes, it outside yes. I, so okay. because you have to keep it in a pot you want to treat it more like a bush in a tree so what i do is i cut the top of it out and this uh-huh. will make it bush out and then if you got more than than maybe three or four branches, thin them out to just three or four, and then when they get a couple of feet long, cut the tips off of those, and then you got a okay. little like a miniature tree, sort of like a bonsai tree. It'd be a lot easier to drag in and out. And Lester, I would leave it. I'd leave it outside all the time unless it's going to get down below, you know, it, it, below, you know, in the thirties, uh, yeah. thirty, thirty-five okay. or so. Uh-huh. And that'll uh-huh. by by cutting it back, making it bush out, it'll be a lot easier on your back to move it in okay. and out. Yeah, good. Hey, now, I, like I say, that there's nothing. I don't need to do any grafting, anything like that to it. It's just gonna grow up, and if it's gonna make fruit, it's gonna make fruit. That's, yeah, that's right. You know, I see mangoes producing fruit in greenhouses, but uh, you know they they they're pretty good sized trees where they normally come from. So you have to just just keep it bobbed back into a bush more than right. more, right. more than anything. Okay. okay. Okay, thank you, Phil. Appreciate hey, you. Hey, I tell you something else you could do. Uh, okay. You know, go, get some inexpensive little Christmas balls and you know, like on a Christmas tree, and hang them on the branches. Give you something to look at till it makes fruit. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. put a little fake birdhouse, but do you know, have fun with it. You cannot yeah. embarrass a plant in a pot. Right. right. So, so have some fun with it. Yeah. Okay. We, we will. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Appreciate it, Lester. <laughs> Java, did I just say that? Did I just say that? That should be like on a T-shirt. You cannot embarrass a a plant in a pot. <laughs> I like that. I like that. We're going to have to have a button with that. Anyway, folks, I've had a good time today. It's been kind of a little bit rowdy, or maybe it's just me and the coffee. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that I saw some blue skies uh, creeping up over the horizon after while I was driving with my windshield wipers on. I'm not sure, but maybe it's because of the Craftsman's Guild thing down at the fairgrounds. Uh, there's some really fun folks there. They are desperately cheerful, and they want to talk with you about stuff. So even if you don't get anything, go down there. It'll brighten your spirits. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, here at MPB, we, it's a team effort. It's a team effort. We like to bring uh, help support the arts. We like to support all sorts of things that make people feel better about their lives. And that's what Gestalt Garden does. We bring people together in a way that well, we don't care who you are, who your mom and them are, what your politics or religion are. We want to talk about plants. Go to Felder Rushing blog and look at some of the yard art that's in my little yard, my truck. See if that doesn't cheer you up a little bit. Help, uh, help stimulate you to do something yourself. Hey, I tell you what, this weekend, take a kid to the Craftsman Guild, if you're near Jackson, or take them to a garden center. Get them a sack of bulbs and a pansy or two in a pot and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. Hey, see y'all next week. <laughs>